Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. Hey, welcome to Connect, where we get into the Bible. We get the Bible into our lives so we can get it out of our lives into the world around us. I am Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and uh, we do this each and every week. We've been walking through the Gospel of John, journeying with Jesus and getting to know him better, uh, also seeing how does he how does he serve, how does he live, how what what did he say, and uh, and so we see in his miracles we're discovering who he is, and right now we're at this part of the the Gospel of John that is very pivotal. It's the it's the last week of of Jesus life and ministry here on the planet, and uh, we're at John chapter 13. And this really is a transitional uh, passage. It's a transitional verse to, that we're going to begin with, but it's also it's also one of the, the most memorable moments in Jesus' ministry. And so uh, in, in John chapter 13, verse 1, we begin to see uh, this is this is really the uh, the the washing of the feet of the disciples' feet in the upper room, um, and I'm calling uh, today. We're calling it the shape of a servant. It's the picture of a servant. What is what does that look like? Uh, what is what does it look like? So so you'll want to uh, to share this right now because because this is going to be so encouraging not only for you but for others. As we learn really the path to greatness, the, the path to success and influence and impact, we all want to have an influence in people's lives. And Jesus kind of just turns this whole idea upside down when it comes to leadership to say it's all about being a servant. The greatest among you will be the, the servant of all. And Jesus not only said that, but he does it in the most incredible way. Um, so as you um, as you think about what does a servant look like, many times we have this really low picture of a servant. We say we think a servant somebody who's lazy, not motivated, somebody who's weak, somebody who's subservient. I mean, all these pictures that we have of a servant, and yet could we have it all wrong? We want to look at this picture Jesus gives us. And what a servant really looks like. So let's look at starting in verse 1 uh, of John 13. It says, It was just before the Passover festival. Now, there have been three of these that we see in the Gospel of John. They, these The Passover festival really are it's markers in the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus knew, it says, that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father 
having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So right there, we see this this, uh, line in the sand, having loved his own who were in the world. That's what Jesus has been doing this whole uh, time of his ministry. He's showing us his love, and then he loved them to the end. He's going to continue that, loving them in in, in a full way, all the way to the cross. And we see his love also expressed here in this passage. See what was going on uh, in, we see in uh, Luke 22, uh, that uh, the disciples here, they'd been arguing with each other over uh, who would be the best, who would hold the leading positions in this new government that they thought uh, Jesus was going to be setting up. And so in Luke 22, 24, it says a dispute arose among them as to which was considered to be the greatest. Who's the greatest? And this wasn't just a little Uh, you know, discussion. This was an intense argument. They were caught up in the idea of position and power and authority. And I just can't help but think about how Jesus must have felt uh, as he overheard them, knowing that he was about to go to the cross. He was about to give his life for them. And they're arguing about who is the greatest. Um, And so Jesus didn't have much more time to show them the path to greatness, uh, and and he was looking, how am I going to get this message across to them in an unforgettable way that they will hold on to, that they will understand, and so that's what's going to lead him to his next act, his next uh, display of service, and he's really giving them this unforgettable picture. Why would Jesus wash the disciples' feet? Well, you know, it says here that he knew his hour had come. It says uh, he, Jesus knew that the hour had come. He knew that time was short, time was limited, and they still didn't get it. He knew he loved them as his own. He had this great love for them, and his service was out of love. It was a demonstration of his love that allowed him to humble himself in this full way. And then in verse 2, It says, the evening meal was in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. So not only that, but Jesus knew that the enemy was at work, that the enemy was about to strike and he would be betrayed. And so Jesus had to do something now or it would be too late. And those same three motivations should motivate us to serve people, to live a life of service, to to know that our time is short. We don't have, we're not promised tomorrow. Uh, but we've got to do something now. If you're going to serve, the time is now, not later. And also what should motivate us is our love for people uh, because people need to see God's love demonstrated practically. We need to share God's love uh, with with the, the hands and the feet that we've been given uh, in ways that people can see and understand. But we also know that there is a very real enemy, the devil, who is hard at work to steal, kill, kill, and destroy people's lives. And so they need us to, to serve, to, to serve as God has called us to do. That should drive us to be faithful. It should drive us to step up. We say, if you're not serving, you're swerving, right? So we need to be serving because God has called us to do that persistently and consistently. As I was working out this morning, I heard a song 
it was a it was a song called "All Gas No Breaks." I'm not taking any breaks. I'm not I'm not uh, resting. People tell me, "Oh, you know, I, I've been serving, and it leads me to to burn out." Well, no, no, we're not going to burn out when we're doing God's work. Now, there is such a thing as pace, steady rhythm, steady rhythm, uh, rest intentionally, all of these things. But at the same time, we should be serving and making serving a priority in our life. Now, let's look at verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So what do we find about service here? If we're going to be a servant of God, if we're going to be a servant of Jesus and serve others first, check this out. Servants are secure. Servants are secure. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. He knew that he had come from God. He knew that he was returning to God. Jesus knew that, that God the Father had put all things into his hands. He had power. He had authority. And um, and so he was secure in who he was. The King of kings and the Lord of lords took off his outer clothing and started to wash his friend's feet. The, the one who was the, the master became the servant. The highest took the place of the lowest. The ruler became the subject. And, and he, even though he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, he showed us in the most extreme way, this demonstration of lowly service. He chose the most extreme act possible to show that there is greatness when we choose to pick up the towel and serve. It's important that you know who you are. You know whose you are. You know that you are a a, a royal child of the king, and that gives you strength to serve. That gives you security to serve, and it enables you to uh, serve humbly and freely and fully. Many people are facing today an identity crisis. They don't realize who they are, and so they have to power up and try to be something. But the way you find yourself is by giving yourself away. And what I've found is the enemy loves to try to make you feel insecure, to try to make you feel um, uh, like you're, you're not enough. And so Therefore, you don't want to serve others. So remember who you are in Jesus. Another thing we find about servants here is that servants find needs, practical needs, and meet them, looking for needs. And there are needs all around us. Why did Jesus wash feet of all things? Well, he wanted to humble his disciples uh, because they were so proud and no, they wouldn't step up and wash each other's feet. No one else did. And and the reason this was so important was because they wore sandals. And there's they didn't have concrete paved roads. They had dusty, uh, dirty roads. And their feet became incredibly dirty. And right there at the entrance of walking into the room, there was this water basin that sat at the entrance of most Jewish homes. And when, when you came into someone's home, if you were poor... You would wash your own feet, but if you were rich, uh, then you would uh, you would have a servant come and wash your feet. Well, Jesus took the the shape, the 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 
position of a servant, or even the word doulos, the Greek word doulos, is the word of slave, uh, who had no rights whatsoever. And he was demonstrating the path to greatness is service. The path to power is humility. The path to great position is through serving. The path to ruling is through giving. So the disciples, they had these dirty, nasty feet. And uh, today, you know, we, we want to over-spiritualize this sometimes. We want to say, oh, we're going to have a, uh, a ceremony of washing feet. No, that's not what it was. It was a simple, needed, necessary act like taking out the trash today, like washing the dishes today. Uh, the word for um, humility in the Greek language means literally to stoop low. And that's literally what Jesus did. He stooped low. He, he, he bent down, knelt down, and began to wash um, the feet of the disciples. You know, when he was doing this, he wasn't washing their sins away. Uh, he wasn't above all this. He was just simply doing a practical work of washing, cleaning their feet, and modeling for us how we can serve others. You know what I've found is the greatest barrier to meeting needs in others is my own pride, my own selfish pride. And it's interesting to see that when they walked in the room, the pitcher, the basin, it was already there with water. The water was there. The, the cloth was there. The feet were there. All that was needed was somebody who was willing to serve. And can you imagine the, the disciples at that moment, what they were thinking, what they were feeling as Jesus, their leader and their Lord, was washing their feet? And Jesus, you know, his response to them was, don't feel guilty about this. Don't feel unworthy about this, but go now and do this for others. Take how you feel. Take, take what you're receiving and what's being shown to you and do this for others. Serve others and look for ways to serve, not in your own strength, but in Jesus' strength. And also we see here that servants, if you're going to serve, servants serve imperfect people. You have to. You have to serve imperfect people because there are no perfect people around. All of us are imperfect. Jesus was washing his disciples' feet, his followers' feet. And, uh, you know, when we picture this upper room experience, we picture the um, the painting, right, of the, the Last Supper where uh, somebody said, hey, guys, everybody get on one side of the table and pose. But that's not what it was like. They were... This was a real moment. Everybody was inside. It was They were excited about what was going on. They were arguing with each other about who was the greatest. They were, they, you know, it was just this, this real moment where, where they were arguing who could sit by Jesus. And, uh, and we don't want to, again, over-spiritualize this moment. It was a real moment. And Jesus was washing his disciples' feet, his followers' feet. But who was he washing? Whose feet? Was he washing? Well, um, Jesus was uh, going to wash Judas' feet, Judas's feet. Ju Judas was one who had already decided to betray him. And can you imagine what that would be like to serve Judas, serve the one who had already decided they were going to betray you? 
so often, you know, we think, well, you know, I'm not going to do that for somebody who's going to hurt me. But um, we understand that, you know, that, that that's what we're called to do. That's what Jesus modeled. Sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm going to do the important work and I'm going to let somebody else take care of the, the things, the other things. Um, but if you're not willing to do it, if you're not willing, in fact, you can tell uh, if you're a servant or not by what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And how do you feel when you're called to serve someone else? Do you feel, uh, does, it, does it lift you up because you're getting to serve? Um, because we know we're saved to serve, right? But, or does, does, does it make you feel less than? Listen, no matter how important you think you are, you're not more important than Jesus. Uh, Jesus is God in the flesh. But also, no matter how low you think somebody else is, they're not lower than Judas. I mean, Judas, you could truly say he's the worst. He betrayed Jesus. But also, Jesus washed Peter's feet. And, um, you know, Peter was one who was going to to uh, deny Jesus three times. He washed Thomas's feet. Thomas was the doubter. Um, but let's look at Peter. In, in um, verse uh, 6, it goes on. It says that Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. <laughs> I love Peter. He, he always, you know, he didn't really have a filter. He would speak first and then he would think about what he said. Um, in the, the way that, um, that he said this when he said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? The words you and my, they're, they're placed together in the, the original uh, language there where it provides the greatest contrast between Jesus and Peter. Uh, and G- Jesus had to convince Peter to let him wash his feet, to let him serve. And Peter says, you'll never wash my feet. Peter's always looking at the surface of what's going on. He's seeing the physical, but he's not seeing behind spiritually what Jesus is doing. And the fact that Jesus was about to give his very life for Peter. And I love that, you know, Peter's he's, he's always speaking in these extremes. You, you will never wash my feet. Peter is always certain, and he's usually wrong, right? So certain, but he's also wrong. And I've done that so many times. This is how it's going to be. And then I find out that no, God has different plans in store. But um, in verse 10, Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you're clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said not everyone was clean. And you know, the, the reality is um, I need to be uh saved one time. I need to be cleansed by Jesus one time to be washed by uh, by him and, and forgiven. But there's a daily cleansing that, uh, that takes place. Their feet would continue to get dirty again uh, because we walk through a dirty world. And so we continually ask for forgiveness and Jesus continues to faithfully 
forgive. But before you can ever serve Jesus, you've got to let him wash you. You've got to be part of the body of Christ. Um, back then, you can understand for them, this was a confusing time. It was hard for them to understand what was going on. But today, we see very clearly what Jesus was doing as he was serving. And we should say what Peter said. We should say, Jesus, don't just cleanse part of my life. Cleanse every part of my life, every part of my, my body, my thoughts, my, my actions, my heart, um, we don't we don't hold back part of our life from Jesus. We want to offer him everything, our eyes, what our eyes look at, what our hands touch. Uh, every part of us has to be washed by Jesus. And then in verse 12, it says, uh, when, this is Luke, uh, John chapter 13, verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. First, Jesus asked this question. Do you know what I've done? Do you understand this picture? Um, Then he demanded two things from his followers, from his servants. And, you know, if we're, really going to be servants of Jesus. It's more than just being a follower of Jesus. It's being willing to do what Jesus tells us to do whenever he tells us to do it. I had this experience yesterday. We were in the uh, dog park and, uh, or we walked through the park to the, to the dog park and, and uh, I was walking by these uh, two young guys in white shirts and and ties, I didn't see them, and I'm walking with my family, and they yell out, uh, they yell out, "Hey!" And I look over to see what it was, and it was they were Mormon um, missionaries. They're called elders, you know, but they were like they were young young adults, and uh, so I looked at them, and and I kind of laughed, <laughs> and I kept walking, and they said, "Can we share a scripture with you?" And I was like, no, thank you, you know, and just wanted to walk on. And and Bethany, uh, she's just kind of, you know, she's just got such a big heart. And she's like, she's like, Dad, don't just blow them off. That was very rude. And so I was immediately, oh, I was convicted, you know. I've got to, you know, make up for what I've done. So I said, y'all go on ahead, told my family to go on ahead. And I turned around and walked up to them. And I said, share your scripture with me. And they they read me a scripture from the Book of Mormon, well, scripture, a verse, uh, some words from the Book of Mormon. And uh, and it, they said, this is from a prophet. Yeah, it was this whole thing. of It was about Jesus suffering in the garden. Um, but it was, you know, it's not real, really the Bible. It's just something that was that was made up. And and uh, so I started asking them about Jesus and and what they thought of Jesus and and uh, I had the opportunity through that to share with them uh, how to be saved and how they can know that they're saved and not just uh, not just trying to work their way or earn their way to heaven through their good works, but that because of what Jesus has done for them, giving his life on the cross, that uh, they could be saved and that they could know Jesus. And we had a great discussion about faith and and, and, uh, you know, at the moment, I mean, it was, it, I was busy. I didn't have time to do this. I, I didn't particularly even want to do it. Now I was so blessed that I did. 
and felt like I was able to really uh, share God's love with them and, and, and the gospel of Jesus with them. But, uh, you know, I was not looking for that opportunity at the time, but I just wanted to take the opportunity uh, because, you know, because I felt like God was leading me to do that. And I, I just, that's just an example of sometimes it's not convenient, you know, uh, to, to, to serve, but that's what we're called to do. And God uses it. I believe God's going to use it in those guys' lives as they're out trying to uh, earn their way to God, which you cannot do. You can't uh, be good enough. Uh, only Jesus is good enough, and He's the one who who saves, uh, and and not we of ourselves. So you know we can't do our own thing. We got to do God's thing, and we we don't seek uh, recognition from the world. We exist to serve Jesus. We are living for for an audience of one, and we're living sacrificially. And and not only you know it's easy to serve Jesus because man Jesus. Uh, he's God, you know, we're going to serve him. It's harder to serve people, imperfect people, messy people, people who are demanding of you, but that's what we've been called to do. Um, and Jesus says, I've set this example for you in verse 15, that you should do as I've done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. You know, some people say, well, Jesus was just an example for us. No, Jesus was not just an example for us. Jesus um, gave his life for us. Jesus is our Savior. And uh, yet, he did give us an example that we should follow, that we can follow, and uh, we are not greater than Jesus. Jesus is the master, and yet Jesus is serving. And so we serve because he set this example for us. And um, I wonder in your life today, we need to be considering like, who is it that I'm called to serve? Who is it that I don't want to wash their feet? Who is it that I don't want to serve? Um, But this is the key to joy and happiness in our life. And it's you know, we shouldn't serve so that we get something out of it. But a byproduct, the result of our serving is that we do get so much more. In this verse, um, he says in verse 17, now that you know it, you'll be blessed if you do it. So, uh, yes, it's important that we know. Knowing is important. That's the first step. But it's not enough just to know. We got to do it. We got to put it into practice. And Jesus promises that's where the joy comes from. Um, the, the, again, in the Greek language here, the Greek tense is a continuous, not just a one-time serving, but an ongoing life of service. Not just a one-time joy, but an ongoing blessing of joy th- that we're filled with joy. And maybe today you find yourself kind of down and depressed. Um, what do you do about that? You know, a lot of times we're down and depressed. I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to serve anyone. This is all about me. We have a me pity party. Get out of that. Begin. Look for ways to serve. Look for ways to meet someone's needs, someone else. Get out of yourself, outside of yourself, and begin to serve someone. Lift someone else up. And what that what's going to happen is you're going to be filled with 
joy. You're going to be filled with meaning and purpose in your life. So ask, just ask and think, ask God, who do I need to serve today? Who will you allow me to serve today? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray together and uh, trust that God is going to open the door for us, change our heart perhaps. Maybe we got some pride. Maybe we've got some insecurity. We're going to pray that God shows us who he wants us to serve and how he wants us to serve. And, and I would really be missing out if I didn't say there are places for you to serve in your church, at the Connection Church or whatever church you attend. Uh, look for ways to step up and, and consistently, faithfully serve because God has called us to do it. He's shown us how to do it. And so uh, we're blessed if we do it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you today for your, your word, for the example of Jesus that he uh, picked up the towel and he served. He washed the feet of his disciples. Help us to have that kind of attitude to serve others. Give us a heart to serve. Give us a security of knowing who we are in you. And um, God, just show us creative ways and many different ways that we can serve others, making a difference uh, with our life by how you've called us to serve. Thank you for this. God, we thank you for your great example for us. And we pray today that you're just washing us clean and you're cleansing us as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited about this as we continue through our walk through John. I hope you have a blessed week and I look forward to seeing you really, really soon. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast. Connect.